1: Welcome into episode number 141 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Back with a friend of the show, uh, Jared, from the Basic Blues Podcast, as long as I'm saying that right. We uh much anticipated game. I mean, outside the Ohio State game, this is, you know, 1A and 1B as far as importance level. So, um, first all, I'll... I'll check in with our guest, and then uh, I'll see how Joey's hanging in there. We're, we're still currently at Beaver stadium. We have not, not left, not wavered for a second. So, but uh, yeah, Jared, how, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's good to, good to be back on the show, but uh, doing well. It's been an exciting season so far with the exception of, of the one week at Ohio state and you have a chance to kind of erase that and redeem yourselves this week. So
1: and uh, Mr. Optimism, Joey himself, uh, what, how are how are you feeling tonight? Uh, I'm feeling better than I was uh, about
0: 24 hours ago. Uh, since I've gotten the news that Chop is, uh, as Jarrett said, 99 percent uh, probable to play on Saturday, I think that brings an element of ferocity to the defense that will go that will help help them um, against a unit that can can be efficient they're not t- they're not scary but they are they're good and they from what I've seen of them this year they don't really shoot themselves in the foot much but then again they haven't really had much to aim at I mean if there's if there's a team in the big Ten that has a schedule weaker than ours it would be Michigan
1: very well put and and jared talked about it off air that i mean at times i would say michigan looked that great against a, a a bad purdue team i mean there's no getting around that so yeah i mean th- this is pretty much for all the mar this this is the season right like if they if they win this game they can control their own destiny to a certain extent if they lose this game it's it's the sky is falling so um i think what joey it was a i think they opened up at 4.5 on the on the line for uh, for Penn State at home
0: Yeah the last I saw I think it was uh, I think they were five and a half um, but it's right between which is kind of surprising I thought it would be higher um, honestly and but I don't I mean again this <laughs> when you were talking about uh, the definition of insanity, uh, I, I completely disagree with that, but I go by the textbook definition of what insanity is. Um, but what you're saying is doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. I mean, Jared, are we, are we just so delusional as Penn State fans that we psych ourselves up at twice a year, every year, and, and uh, the hopes that the miracle is going to finally happen and... and
2: That's what I was saying off air just before we started. It kind of feels like we have to accidentally win one of these. And I think the thing about Michigan that people kind of forget just because of how good they've been the last two years, Penn State has played them very well at home for the entirety of the the James Franklin era. They uh, had the one loss in 2015 at home that that was a – very solid Michigan team against not great Penn State team. And then 2021, they had a close loss uh, to a Michigan team that won the Big Ten title, went to the college football playoffs. And that was a pretty bad Penn State team. That was the year Clifford got injured. They lost to Illinois at home. They finished seven and five. So I think this this excitement feels a little bit different than getting excited about an Ohio State game where they've pretty much dominated us everywhere. They've really shown no weakness. We've kind of shown we can play with Michigan at home somewhat consistently, um, even if they did beat us the last time that they were here. Um, Obviously, we got blown out on the road to them last year, but that's kind of par for the course. It seems every time this team goes to Ann Arbor, they get blown out. 2016, the year they won the Big Ten Championship, they got blown out and then came back and, and blew them out at home the other way next year. So I think a lot of people are reading into that result as well, you know, losing, you know, the way we did last year, especially giving up the 418 rushing yards, which is just a crazy number. Uh, But, you know, coming back home, I think that that changes things because Michigan really hasn't played all that well, you know, at Beaver stadium recently. And this just feels in terms of the excitement um, I feel like I'm allowing myself to get a little more excited than I would for an Ohio state game because, you know, I've seen this team beat Michigan a few times versus, you know, Ohio state, you have to go back so many years to when it's actually happened.
0: Yeah, that, that's true. Um, you think the 2021 team was bad? I mean, because I, I think that Clifford getting hurt was horrible. But I mean, we were undefeated. I mean, we looked awesome until he went down against Iowa, and then the wheels fell off. I mean, after that, it was. I mean, I I read a a column for uh, Doc Sports that I cover uh, James Madison, and they're one of the seven undefeated teams. And this week they play UConn, which is where take on Roberson transferred. That's right. At all, I mean, Jared and I have laughed (laughs) quite a bit at his expense, but all I can remember from him is just, I mean, incompletion after, I mean, or or an interception. I mean, he was God awful. And, but I mean, but before that, I mean, we looked lights out. And so I don't necessarily, like, I don't know if I think that team was bad, but I don't think that we were, or or maybe, maybe we just, I don't know. I just think the wheels went off and, but yeah, then Michigan exposed us for what we were and, and that was, it was bad after that.
1: Yeah. And that, and that 2021, like that game itself was, was like a, a nail biter to a certain extent. I mean, they were in it the entire way. Um, it's just, I mean, I I think they did score a garbage time touchdown to make it a little close, but it wasn't like when when they were playing at Ohio State, you know, in years past or even when Ohio State comes here and, and they have a 14-point a lead for, you know, a quarter or two, you just feel like this team can't fully get it together. Like that game, like Jared had kind of said, against Michigan, excluding last season. I mean, last that was just one of the worst losses I've seen them take uh, in recent memory, but like I do feel as though, like okay, I, it's kind of be a weird reference, but Michigan to me is kind of like the Eagles in the fact that like offensive defensive line has been pretty damn solid the last couple of years, and you're seeing that again. Like they they win in the trenches, and their their offensive line is just is men among boys. So I, I do have my concerns. Don't get me wrong. I, I just I think with Alar playing better at home, that is a big thing. Um obviously you know he went on the road and played well at Maryland last week but throughout this season he's he's definitely not played as well on the road you know Ohio state being the highlight of that but an elite program will kind of do that to you but yeah i mean what uh i'll i'll ask you guys both what so 100% chance to win 0% chance they have no chance to win like where uh, and i'll start with Jared where where do you kind of put your 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 dial on this one I think
2: this is probably sixty forty in favor of Michigan. Um, I think they're probably the slightly better team. They've proven that against elite competition when they beat Ohio State. You know, two years ago doesn't matter so much, but last year they return a lot of the same guys and they beat Ohio State on the road. So they've proven they could win against good teams in tough road environments. Um so I think Michigan gets a small edge there, but I I see no reason this shouldn't be a competitive game. I I don't think, you know, I've seen a lot of chatter, especially from the Michigan fans. Oh, this is going to be a blowout. Michigan by two or three touchdowns. I I don't think that this is that type of game. I think, you know, just looking at the stats, um, this lends itself, especially with, you know, Penn State being the underdog at home. I think this really lends itself to a close game. 60-40,
1: 60, 40 yeah I, I can see that uh, what um, about yeah what about you Joey
0: yeah I would I would say probably 60 40 65 35 I mean Michigan having the edge uh Aaron brought up a, a, a great point with the the offensive line the lines and that was supposed to be a that was supposed to be one of our strong points this year i mean and that i've we've heard this i mean i think it seems like franklin's whole tenure like this is the year the offensive line's going to get there this is the year and, and this is the year and then finally he, he he did one of the smartest things i think he's done in a long time he's before this he's like let's just wait to, to sh- we'll show you and, and they still haven't shown us and i so because of that i i'm a little fearful um i do believe that getting chopped back will will yield uh large dividends on defense and i think that's where we have the edge uh, i think offensively they're they're probably a, a better team um although like we we were talking about off air neither one of us ever a received a, a, a great number one to throw to so um if you're playing da- daily fantasy this is not the game you want to target for your for your aerial assault but uh i think it being in beaver stadium is is going to be huge i mean that's a home field advantage like no other and i mean i mean as cliche as it sounds it could come down to special teams or 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 who makes the the biggest mistake or the at the the or the or a mistake at the biggest time i mean it it, it, like I said I hate being cliché when when talking about sports but that's exactly what this all boils down to I mean like you just really but yeah, I think that 60 40 it, it, maybe even 70 30 but uh I would def I mean I I'd give us the punchers chance for sure
1: do you, I'll I'll throw it right back to you Joey do you do you feel I think I I know how you feel cuz we we talk weekly about Penn State like we we kind of eat breathe sleep Penn State on this show but like I know weeks ago even after the Ohio State loss you were obviously more optimistic they'd, they'd beat Michigan then like game was already over this and that but I, like don't you feel this matchup plays in favor of Penn State a lot more than the Ohio State game just on paper just just the fact they're at home like this yes. and 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 the fact that they lost to Ohio State, I'm not gonna say it helps them, but it, it's this is all or nothing now, so it, it makes you either you know tense up or you know you just gotta play your game and and, and just execute really,
0: right? And that that worries me a little bit <laughs> that, <laughs> that the pressure pressure breaks pipes, but <laughs> I, I mean I look at the Ohio State game and I, I'd like to get some of your opinions, Jared, about this, but the uh, I mean I put that loss squarely on the sh- shoulder of the coaches of the coaching staff i think they did a very poor job in preparing and the, the game plan was just god awful that scares me a little bit in the fact that i'm hoping that it's a little bit more like what we've seen and what we saw in maryland a, a little bit more open up i think and, and aaron and i've talked about this drew throwing his first interception i think will yield I mean, tons of results, good results, because now he's got that off of his back. He's not, I, I don't care who you are subconsciously. If you have such a long streak, it's going to play in your head. It, it's just, and you could tell like he was, sometimes it looked like he was going to the check down guy before he needed to. Like that was the check down guy was his first choice. And I, I want to see him. I mean, he's got a, I mean, with all those talent, with all that talent that that kid has, he needs to be throwing the ball down the field more.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I I said that off the air too. That I think that interception made such a big difference. I think we saw it right away when he threw that long touchdown pass right after, exactly. and he he looked like a completely different quarterback last week at Maryland than he has all year, with the exception of maybe the West Virginia game. But I would say. I know statistically the West Virginia game, he was better, but I would say that last week was his best game in a, in a Penn State uniform. And I think that the, the play calling for the Ohio State game was designed to take into account that he was going right to his check down. He wasn't going to, you know, take shots down the field because he was, you know, he hadn't got that monkey off his back. And there were plenty of times he looked, if you go back and watch the the film, there was one example that jumps into my head at Illinois this year. He had uh, Keandre Lambert Smith wide open for a, a touchdown. I mean, there was no one on his side of the field, and he he didn't even look at him before he threw to the checkdown. So I, I think you know we saw a lot of that going on earlier in the season, and now that you know, he's, he's kind of unlocked, so to speak, after throwing that, that interception, I think he'll, you know, hesitate less to, you know, throw downfield and, you know, a guy like Keandre Lambert Smith can win those one-on-one battles down, you know, downfield. He did it against West Virginia. He did it against Indiana. Now, granted, that's not the number one pass defense in the, in the country, which is what Penn State will be facing this weekend, but he has shown he can win some of those battles. And, you know, ultimately if, Penn State's going to win this game. They're going to have to make a player or two like that. They can't just be thrown to a check down all day.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up that uh, Michigan's number one against the pass. Penn State's number one against the run. So it is kind of like a a mix, you know, a clash of of the Titans, if you will. Like it's it's kind of like their run offense against our run defense, our pass offense against their pass defense. Like I'm real curious to see how it's going to look. I mean, I think. I just think Alor's is going to be more comfortable. Just the fact that he did throw that interception, got that monkey off his back, played well against Maryland last week, played real well, like you said. And like, I, I just look for this team. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about how they're going to run the ball. I don't know how you guys, I kind of want to get your, your input on that. Like the, the, I mean, Singleton and, and Katron and Catron Allen, they, like, I'm not going to say it's all on them this season. I think the, the, uh, the offensive line hasn't created, you know, enough holes consistently for those guys to really, you know, have those breakout runs, especially, you know, Singleton, the home run hitter that he is when he gets an open field. But like that is a little bit on my on my concern list, because if they can't run the ball and they become completely one dimensional, I think obviously that's going to play into Michigan's hands. Them having such a great uh, pass defense. So, I mean, what do you think, Jared? Do you think? this team will be able to run the ball? I, I think, I mean, if I'm Mike Yursich, I'm definitely not going to go extremely pass heavy, especially playing because that's kind of playing right into their hands. But, like, do you think Penn State will be able to assert themselves in the running game? Um, I, I think – You know, it's
2: as good as Michigan's past defenses, their rush defense is really, really good, too. They're giving up about only 90 yards on the ground per game. So they have a top 10 rush defense, too. And, you know, the run game really hasn't shown anything that instills confidence in me that they're going to be able to establish it against a very solid four man front for Michigan. Um, it has looked better in in recent weeks. I mean, we saw uh Catron Allen in particular last week have some some big runs where he's dragging, you know, eight, nine guys into the end zone with him. Uh, but you know, I think Singleton has really not looked the same as he did in 2022. He doesn't look quite as fast. It kind of looks like he lost half a step. Obviously, we haven't seen those, you know, breakout eighty yard runs that we saw from him last year and i think there's there's two parts to that a lot of people think that you know he put on a lot of weight in the off season and that's kind of slowed him down um we saw something similar with miles sanders where he started off very explosive then you know you bulk up and you put that muscle weight on and you kind of you know you lose half a step so that's what some people think happened i think the main issue is the I mean, the offensive line has not lived up to potential shocker there, but uh, the, the wide receiver blocking uh, downfield has been a big problem. A lot of the wide receivers have been consistently missing their blocking assignments. And so when these guys get into the, the second level, you know, there's a guy waiting for them right away. So they haven't been able to get that explosive breakout run that they were able to get because one, they're not necessarily getting the holes that they should with the offensive line. And two, if they do, the the downfield blocking just isn't there for them. And I think that, you know, Michigan to try and I think we do have to try and establish the run, obviously, because it, like you said, if we become one dimensional, that's going to. There, there's a very, very slim chance Penn State would be able to win that game if you put it entirely in the hands of the the passing offense. So you do have to try to establish the run. I just think that given what we've seen out of this rushing attack this year, there's nothing there that instills confidence that they're just going to be able to churn out yards consistently on the ground this weekend.
1: Yeah, what what say you, Joey? I mean, I I definitely I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it's it's not a level of comfort as far as just the running game. Like I I just don't, especially against this this level of of elite competition.
0: I yeah I I also am in a hundred percent agreement. The only thing that I have to say, and you can actually say the same thing about Penn State is. When you're talking about the strength of schedule and whatnot, I think that has a lot to do with the the rankings and statistics. And I mean, I'm looking at Michigan's schedule now, and, and I mean, I know ours, and it's 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 no wonder these guys are top five in in defense. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, Michigan hasn't allowed more than 13 points all season, and so, but again, I mean, when you're playing the likes of East Carolina, UNLV, not the basketball team, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana. Now, you can't help your, your conference. I mean, your conference is your conference. Um, and they did give up 10 points against Minnesota, and they gave up 13 last week against Purdue. So, I, I mean, there's definite chinks in the armor. Um, Jared, I'm interested. How much do you think the what's going on over in uh Ann, Ar- in Ann Arbor with uh, all of the scandal and shit? How much is that going to affect the the game and the team?
2: I think that well, it's a very interesting question, and it's been just a kind of a crazy three weeks following everything that's been going on over there. But as far as the effect um that it might have on the team. Uh, I mean, Michigan fans seem to think that, you know, it's just going to make their guys angry and come out and want to prove, you know, that they they can win without cheating now that, you know, mm. uh, the cheating has allegedly been removed. Um, but I think that it can, I mean, it had to have been a distraction for them over the past three weeks. There's no way with all this noise, obviously an ongoing investigation, all the, you know, additional media coverage that's been going on over the last three weeks. It absolutely has to be a distraction to the team, especially now that it's starting to impact individual players. There's a lot of uh, rumors swirling around with their running back, Blake Corum and, and, his potential business ventures with, with Connor stallions and his vacuum uh, repair shop, just absolutely crazy stuff. So I think now it's really starting to seep in, into the program where players are starting to, you know, have to answer for it. So I do think, you know, there's no way it hasn't been a distraction Um, with that said, you know, I still think they're obviously going to come out here and, you know, they're going to have a good game plan and, and play good football. So I I think, I do think if anything, it does help Penn state a little bit, just from a distraction standpoint. And that doesn't take into account the potential that Jim Harbaugh is suspended for this game, which is still, you know, obviously the big 10 has not come out and said anything yet. They said they were going to announce something yesterday or today, and they have not yet. So, you know, there is still a chance potentially he's, you know, suspended, for this game and then Michigan would have to go through the legal process to try and, you know, get them reinstated for this game. So that would add another layer of of distraction, but overall, I don't know how big of an impact um, it'll have besides that distraction factor, which I think favors Penn state um, a little bit. Um, And maybe their guys do come out, you know, with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder, looking for something to prove that could, you know, Go two ways. That could work in Michigan's favor, obviously. You know, they come out playing extra hard, or it could work in our favor. You know, if they come out in the with that chip on their shoulder and try to push it too hard, you know, and start making mistakes. So it's hard to say in terms of of that, how that'll play out. But I think just from a distraction standpoint, and this has to be a huge, huge distraction in that locker room. So I think that favors maybe a slight edge towards Penn state, but overall, I'm not sure how much of an impact.
0: Yeah. I think uh, sometimes scandals like this can either galvanize a team or like you said, create so much distraction. And, And I mean, I think back to, to our big scandal and we were, I mean, when when Joe Paul stepped down, we were seven and one, ranked twelfth in the country, and we went out that week and lost to Nebraska, but 17, 14 But and their ranks, they're still ranked nineteen, so it wasn't like a huge upset, but still, still an upset. But then the next week we went into a high state and we won. Now, Grant, that right. was a, a a pretty, I mean, not even an hour. They were six and seven, but that was a scandal
2: team in their own right uh,
0: exactly (laughs) yeah exactly so um i i think it can be it can i mean it can go either way and and again it's another cliche just i mean it'll test it'll test their metal for sure
1: yeah what what do you guys like i i've kind of not covered this as, as closely as i should be with the whole michigan Scandal going on, but like ultimately, what do you see coming from this? Like, do you think Harbaugh, like just crystal ball point of view, do you think Harbaugh now takes a job in the NFL to kind of like the Pete Carroll situation is a little different, but I still think he he ran out of out of town like guns blazing, like let me get out of here as fast as possible before the curtain comes down on on the entire program. Like, do you think, um yeah, do you think Harbaugh leaves? Do you like, what do you think the the ultimate? Uh, just future of Michigan is is it like is, is a severe punishment coming or like wind's going to be vacated like what, what do you think you know a year from now two years from now just um, long term is this going to be a big deal or is this going to be something like kind of swept under the rug and and keep it pushing for for Michigan
2: I think in terms of the Jim Harbaugh question I mean I personally thought even before this happened that there was a decent chance. This was his last year at Michigan. Um, I, he's hinted at an NFL return for, for so long now. And this kind of felt like the year um, with, I mean, he, this Michigan team is going to lose so much in the off season that they're not going to be nearly as good probably the next couple of years um, there. And just the, the coaching openings that he might have in the NFL. I mean, if the Chicago job were to open up and he has, you know, two top picks to play with over there. The Las Vegas job is now open. So I think there's a lot of potentially enticing opportunities for him to go to the NFL. Um, So I think I thought it was a pretty decent chance before this even happened. Now I think it it would certainly not shock me in the slightest if this was his last year at Michigan, as far as the, uh, the punishment that they get. I mean, I think it really depends if the NCAA is able to prove that you know, they really had this network of of spies, so to speak, that went around <laughs> to to all these games. If Michigan was really dumb enough to leave a paper trail of all this, and if they were, I mean, they will probably get a postseason ban and you know wins over the last couple of years vacated. But ultimately, that's on the NCAA to prove and. I think that's a tough thing to prove unless Michigan is really, really dumb, even dumber than we think. So, um, it, you know, ultimately if they're not able to prove it, you know, maybe it's a suspension for a couple of guys fines, but um, if they're really able to prove everything that, you know, these allegations are are claiming, then they'll probably get the, you know, full works of the punishment, you know, vacated wins, bull bans, all that stuff.
0: So if, if they vacate wins, does that improve uh, Franklin's record against Top ten teams, then. Huh? <laughs> I I think that's a good point, and I think vacating wins is the stupidest thing in the world because, I mean, you're gonna tell these guys, well, you didn't beat this team. That's just stupid. I mean, it, it, that's the only thing that that's hurting is your prestige and your pride. Um, and if they if they really want to punish a, a school. I mean, postseason bans and all, all that shit is the way to go. I mean, thinking wins to me is just, I mean, it's, it's weak. It's like a censure in, in Congress. It, it's like, oh, slapping the wrist. Like, hey, okay, well, you didn't win these games anymore. What the hell we did.
1: Especially like I could see it where, like, uh, and not, I mean, obviously a bad situation in itself, the, the Penn State scandal, but, like when the whole talk of of you know, Joe Paterno's vacating wins and this and that, like I thought, I mean, not even being biased, the fact that he didn't commit the crime and they were coming after him for, you know, all time wins. And, you know, I mean, he's the company that he keeps obviously with Bobby Bowden and, and the likes is it's like just the fact they went to that extent. Uh, the NCAA did is I think that's Bush league. I, I just, I agree with you hundred percent that on with Joey, that, you to vacate when like you're now you're rewriting history and like you, you can't even if a team cheated like a uh, totally different sport but like the astros like would they have still won we, we will we'll never know but like if you told them that they didn't really win that world series it's like well they have the rings to prove it like it's i don't know what you're really you're really doing by quote-unquote vacating wins other than legacy and and long term just like in the history books that type of thing but yeah, we'll uh, we'll come back after the break. I definitely want to get just a couple more questions in for Jarrett and and as always Joey and and maybe some score predictions um, at the end of the, at the end of the show. So we'll be back in a few. I'll let I'll let Joey right off the top be uh be the question the question uh, man be the question man. I don't know. Okay. I'm losing my mind. <laughs>
0: So my first question for you it actually has nothing to do with the game coming up. But uh, have you seen the reports uh, linking uh, Manny as being a candidate for the USC defensive coordinator job?
2: I, I did see that. I saw that earlier this afternoon. And it seems like uh, Penn State can't go a year without some coaching rumor involving USC and our, and our program. <laughs> but I'm not really sure why he would would take that job honestly the only reason I would see him leaving uh, Penn State this year is for a head coaching job which is certainly possible that he earns one with the the defense that he's called over the last two years to go to USC when they're about to join. Uh, the big ten and have to rebuild that defense uh, you know with the first year in a new conference that's such a big undertaking I mean that defense needs so so much work <laughs> I, I'm you know I'm not sure you know I don't think you know any defensive coordinator would touch that job with a 10- foot pole so I, I don't see him you um, you know, coming anywhere near that, but I did see that that rumor today. I, I don't think there's I would be really, really shocked if he ended up there.
0: I didn't know I didn't know that he interviewed for the Florida Atlantic job last year after last season.
2: Yeah. I he I think he actually interviewed for for a couple jobs if I remember correctly. Um yeah, I think especially the Florida schools, you know, being He's so well known down there. Obviously, before he was the coach of Miami, his dad was the the mayor of Miami, so his, his whole family's just kind of known in the South Florida area. So I think those South Florida schools want to try and get their hands on him, especially the smaller ones, FAU, FIU schools like that. But
0: I also uh, I then I also read that um, the one job that may interest him is the NC State job, and so I mean I. I would be very shocked if he's here next year. I mean, I hope that he is. I mean, I'm not, I hope that I'm not talking this into existence, but I, it's just that's unfortunately the, the problem with having great, uh, great staff is they're not going to stay there. And that's what makes what happened under Joe Pot, like the, the legacy, the, you look at the, and i think that's part of the reason that the program was good for so long was the continuity i mean yeah the, you we switch i mean we had different offensive coordinators and obviously i mean we went through a couple of defensive coordinators but i mean it was it was stable and i i think there's a lot to be said for that but then again you look at what nick saban does i mean he's changing coaches every fucking year <laughs> and, and, i mean for good reasons i mean it's not, it's not like he's firing them but and it's just like <laughs> plug and play. Relearn- yeah, yeah, re <laughs> relearn and repeat.
1: Yeah, and I think Go ahead, Jared. I-, I-, I
2: think that is something a lot of Penn State fans struggle to wrap their head around. I mean, me being a, a younger fan, not not so much just because it's kind of the the landscape of college football that I grew up in, but uh You know, if your coordinators are good, you're going to lose them, and there's really nothing you you can pay them however much money you want. They're going to want a head coaching job, or, you know, so you, you just can't keep them. And it's, It's a sign, actually, I think now if you're losing coordinators because they're that good consistently, I think that's the sign of a healthy program. Like you mentioned, Alabama, you know, Georgia is now starting to replace their coordinators all the time. It's just the unfortunate byproduct of becoming a, you know, starting to reach that next level as a program.
0: That's a, that's a really interesting take and i i agree 100% i mean it, yeah you you measure the success of your program by the amount of people that leave it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> it it i mean Joey and i are are eagles homeboys like we were we're homers but like it it brings me back to like when they went to the super bowl against the patriots and then lost uh frank reich and I don't, I think Jim Schwartz still stuck around for a couple of years and then left, but like this past, this past year, the Eagles go to the Super Bowl and then both coordinators go Like Gary right. because of the Cardinals and then, and Steichman goes to the Colts. So like, it kind of reminds me of that in, in that aspect, like, obviously that's the, you know, you get to the Super Bowl. I mean, even B enemy goes to the, to the commander. So it's, you know, it's from the chiefs. So yeah, I mean, like you said, that's that's a sign of a stable program. That's that's a positive and – I mean, it's, you know, a positive and a negative. I guess you could take it because, like, whoever has – like, I, I think Manny Diaz has really made, you know, big shoes to fill for the next guy. Like, I, I really – not saying it's not possible to sustain consistent, you know, top-level defense, but it's not easy. And it's – as much as, as we do credit James Franklin as being a good recruiter, it's – obviously, it's more about re- – more than – than recruiting like it's about x's and o's and execution so like the day that that manny diaz leaves will be and like i i know it's coming in my in my mind like i've already kind of gone there i'm i'm accepting of it it's just can we pro can we kick the can down the road as long as possible because it's it's fun to watch and and he's not he's the absolute you know opposite of like a jonathan gannon where you'll you'll see them playing 10 15 yards i mean i know it's the nfl totally different story but like he put rings to so many exotic blitz packages oh, yeah. like it's 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 not just a a boring dry defense that just lines up and okay we'll we'll try and stop you once we get in the red zone like there's all types of different uh angles and and I, that's what I hope that Michigan will see this week like I I hope that we can break through that that offensive line and and create havoc you know like I just I, I go back and forth. Like, like you had said, Jared, like I, I really go back and forth on, you know, is this defense really going to be great against Michigan? I, I definitely think at times it definitely will be, it's just, will the offense be good enough? So um, yeah, I don't know, Joey, did you have, did you have something else for, for Jared, as far as a question?
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, actually just to tack on there um, when you were talking about, boring defenses and things like that when i was a kid i used to what i would uh if i played a video game i'd let the computer or whatever play defense and i would just play offense or, or when i was watching a game i would do whatever i want during during the defense and then just come back and manny's defenses aren't like that like i'm tuned in like i, I sometimes i'd rather see our defense on the field than our offenses as bad as yeah. we've looked at times <laughs> um so this other question is, is a kind of a philosophical question um, with the talent that Allar has, I mean, that's undisputable, but do you think that perhaps Prabula would be a better fit for the offense that we have now? Because, I mean, in all honesty, the RPOs aren't, aren't an option at all. It's just pass or, or just, I mean, he's not going to run. Uh, do you think we would be, I mean, do you think we would be better served with a, trace-like quarterback rather than because when i think of Alar, i mean i i look at alar it's kind of the same way i looked at hackenberg i mean the the prototypical pocket quarterback your nfl i mean everything you want alar is everything you would want in an nfl type pocket quarterback and but do you think we would be better off at times with with bow in there
2: so i think the answer to that question is yes but, you know, I do want to put out there that I don't think Drew should be, you know, benched or anything like that. But I do think the answer to your question is yes. The Franklin offenses, which as much as you, you know, go through different coordinators, which has been quite a few under yeah. Franklin, at least on the offensive side of the ball, the offenses generally stayed somewhat similar. And I think that's because Franklin, you know, has his hands in the offense more so than the defense. Um, And the offense has just been so much more successful with a mobile quarterback. I mean, you look at the year that James Franklin had with Hackenberg and, you know, that offense was not great to, to say the least. And then you go to a guy like trace who you know, a great, great runner. And you look what they're able to do with, with that offense. And even with, with Clifford, I mean, Clifford Clifford was probably a better runner than most people gave him credit for. And, you know, defenses had to respect that. And I think that's something they, you know, don't have to account for at all with, with Aller. We, we saw it a little bit last week, maybe for the first time, he had a couple, you know, chunk runs that he was able to break off first, um, you know, versus Maryland, I don't know if they were design runs necessarily or just kind of <laughs> improvising. But if if he's able to incorporate that just a little bit into the offense and keep the defense on their heels, I think you know that would be huge yeah. because I, I do think like a, a guy like Bo is probably better suited for this offense and the way that Franklin wants to run the offense. You know, obviously we have not seen Bo throw the ball too much. He, you know, pretty much comes in just to run, you know, in mop-up duty, but um, I I don't think he has the same level of arm talent that, that Drew has. I, I think very few people do. I think Drew, you know, is a very special quarterback. So I think that um, generally speaking, Bo is probably better suited for this offense, but if you're able to get Drew to run just a little bit, you know, not not asking him to do what Trace did, not even asking him to do what Clifford did, but just enough to keep the defense, you know, keep that in the back of their head. I think that would, that would open up this offense, uh, you know, in an t- entirely different dimension. Uh, but going back to your initial question, do I think Bo is a better fit for this offense? In a vacuum, I think the answer to that question is yes.
0: So then my question, my follow-up to that is, why would frank i mean obviously al like you said Al R., i believe is a generational talent um I, I, in all the years that i've watched Penn state football and that dates back to to the 80s he is i believe he, he possesses the 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 most athletic ability as i mean i shouldn't say most athletic ability but the the most quarterback like ability of any of our quarterbacks but why would you record why would you recruit another quarterback like this if he if he's not a, a better if he's not the best fit for your system I, I just like I, the more i've started to think about this um because we've talked aaron and i talked about this uh during one of the games that, where drew went on the road and, and didn't look all that great and he had said like well what about bringing in prebula i'm like i think a a, a, a worse question i mean what would happen if Bo comes in there and he looks lights out like then because like you said i mean i don't think that drew should be benched at all because i i mean he's but what if i mean if if he's struggling you bring him Bo, and he looks great rallies the team for a victory then what happens next week
2: yeah i mean that that's a good question i think you the last thing franklin wants is a uh, quarterback controversy, especially just from a recruiting standpoint, uh, you're going to bench your five-star quarterback. Cause you know, your three-star had a, had a good game. I think a lot of kids would see that and be like, Oh, maybe, you know, we're going to, you know, I think that would, if I, you know, if I was a recruit in high school, I think that would raise a, a lot of questions, but to your point of, of Franklin, why would he recruit someone like this? I think that's actually been one of my bigger criticisms of Franklin is that he doesn't really recruit on fit as much as he does on, you know, how many stars they have. I mean, I know a lot more goes into it on their end than just that. But if you look even at a guy like Justin Shorter, um, mm. you know, the wide receiver is yeah. five star, you know, he's going to be the next big receiver and never really panned out. It was because he just didn't fit with our, our, system i mean he wasn't a bust he did fine at florida he's in the nfl now i think with the bills if i remember correctly i'm not 100 percent sure on that but he he just didn't fit our our system at all franklin is a guy who you know he likes the speed and space he likes the you know generally shorter receivers i mean look at you know kj hamler he was a really small guy parker washington, parker
1: washington. Jahan Dodson, like the list goes on and yeah
2: right these are all relatively small guys that are just super fast and can get open and that's that's the wide receiver that works well in the franklin system the justin shorter type just doesn't and that that you know that's why those things don't work out so i think that's one of been my one of my bigger criticisms of franklin is that he you know obviously if you could get your hands on a Five star wide receiver, whether they're a fit or not, you should, you mm-hmm. know, bring them into your program. But it's just on a general note, he doesn't necessarily recruit to the fit that he wants. And I think, you know, Aller's a case of this. Now, I think it's going to work out fine. I mean, you, I think every program in the country would love to have a guy like Aller be their quarterback. I think he's very capable of leading Penn State. Um, I mean, definitely to the playoffs, especially when it expands to 12 teams next season. Um, you know, maybe even win a couple, you know, get hot at the right time, win a couple games in the playoffs. So I think that Aller ending up at at Penn State is absolutely a great thing. Like you said, I agree. I think he's a generational quarterback, but, you know, on paper, he definitely doesn't fit the Franklin system. And I think, it, you know, obviously you're going to recruit a five-star quarterback, but, it's definitely not the type that would, you know, that dual threat can run the RPO Conda quarterback. Right.
0: It's not like we're asking, I'm sorry, Aaron. It's not like we're asking Dan Marino to try to run an RPO or something like that.
2: So
0: (laughs) yeah. And I, I agree hundred, like, like you said, I mean, he is the generational talent and he can, he can run this offense. There's not a doubt in my mind. He just, it may not be his best, suit his needs and attributes which and then people will knock uh, because I've heard people knock Franklin for not changing his system to fit the talent well I think it's easier to recruit for your system rather than switch a whole I mean go to a completely different philosophy to fit the talent that you have like I, I that's just I think a tough tough ask
1: to so. I I wouldn't be against, like, I'm not going to say a carbon copy of, of like a Taysom Hill package, but I, I wish they would, like, I think Bo, I'm not saying to bring him in, like, you know, bring Aller in for the first quarter, Bo for the second. Like, I, I don't want to come off as, you know, making an extreme um, type of situation with the, with the quarterback controversy or anything, but like a, a package in which Bo can do a couple RPOs. And then like, I, I don't know, it might, throw like the offense out of whack and then alar comes back in but like i i do like joey and i kind of sing the praises i think for Bo quite a bit that he's just not he's not being like i know he's the number two quarterback and you know what team or or you know whether it be an nfl team or or a college program uses their second second quarterback but like i i just think he when the offense is you know just spinning its wheels and not getting anything accomplished like to bring him in and at least give a defense of a different look or, you know, just something different when you're kind of going against the wall so many times with the same result. Like I would not be opposed to some type of package for him. Like I said, I don't, I don't want it to completely derail Alar and, and you know, this, the, the packages they have, but just kind of, okay, let's, let's put that out there. And we do, we do have that in our back pocket, and we're not afraid to use it. Not so much he's number two, and he's going to ride the bench until this game's a blowout, and then he'll he'll see the field. Like I, I don't know what it, do you guys think that would be like earth shattering, or or do you think it's like something they should at least pursue at certain times?
2: I mean, I think we saw it a little bit last week. They brought him out on a couple of the goal line packages. They did like a little bit of the uh, the end around, you know, toss play back to Drew. Um I guess there was a little bit of the Philly special kind of thing going on there but um you know uh, he he was given the ball twice to run on those he came in a garbage time but in, in the time where the game was still within reach he ran the ball twice he did you know he tripped himself <clears throat> twice um so <laughs> I think I don't know if that was just you know putting something on film for Michigan to see I, I get a little worried about these packages because, you know, we, we've seen them get too cute with it. If you remember the, the Tommy Stevens package, <laughs> you know, they brought that out against Ohio state a couple of times and, you know, it ended in a fumble once, you know, I, I think you risk with those getting too, too cute with it. If you want to bring him in, you know, for a design quarterback run, I think that's fine. But if you're going to start, you know, doing double passes and all this, this crazy stuff, I think, especially against a team like Michigan, which, you know, has, has such a good defense, you know, I, I don't think, and, and, you know, if you remember back to that last Michigan game uh, or the last one at home back in 2021, Penn state uh, had a fake punt and a fake field goal in that game, the fake punt, they converted on the fake field goal. It was um, a pass from, the holder to Jordan Stout, who was the kicker at that time. And they were the design was to get uh Tyler Warren in the end zone. But by the time that the holder had passed it to Jordan Stout, there were about six Michigan uniforms already on him he ended up fumbling and uh they they needed a tackle i think it was actually the holder otherwise it would have been a michigan touchdown so uh, they just have to be very you know careful about getting too cute with these things especially against a team that has an elite defense i i definitely think it's good to have you know a a bow package and if they want to bring it in you know inside the five yard line and do some designed runs because i mean he's shown that you know, he could, he could plow through some guys. He's very much like trace in that, in that sense. I mean, you you know, obviously we're in the number nine, he just looks like trace out there. So, (laughs) um, you know, I think they should have some packages, but I would, I would be a little weary about bringing out anything crazy. Like, you know, those double passes or just, just, you know, especially, you know, if, if they wanted to try that, yeah, I think the time was against, you know, UMass or, or Delaware, not, not against Michigan. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. And I think what Aaron, I mean, what Aaron was talking about, I don't necessarily, I don't think he's advocating for those gimmicky right. plays like you were talking about. Um, I, the only caution that I have with that is if you're going to bring Bo in, it's got to be a legitimate RPO, not just le- RPO in. In, re- in theory but uh, a design i mean guaranteed quarterback run and you can look at levis back in like 2019 he, when when he would come in he had 42 passes in the season and like 58 runs right. so it, it was i mean barely barely ha- and i, I and mean, those passes were not all rpos i mean some of them obviously were dropbacks so the majority of the time when he came in it it's an obvious he's going to run. So I think in order to have that be truly effective, the the pass has to be a legitimate option. And sometimes when we won't it doesn't look like that, that's really the case when Bo comes in there. It looks like he's he's coming in just to run. And I, so I want to see him like actually. I mean, obviously he's thrown. I'm not saying that he hasn't done that, but I want to see him make it an, a legitimate RPO, not just
2: a RPO and name
1: only. And and I think Jared, you might be a are you you're a Giants fan if I'm if I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh, unfortunately, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I
1: will, I won't poke too much fun there. I just like I, I hate to keep rehashing the Eagles, like because you know if, if you're not an Eagles fan, you usually hate the Eagles, but it's like. It reminds – not reminds me because a totally different situation, but when, like, Jalen Hurts would come in when, when Wentz was on the field, like, they'd they'd do the, the RPO and, like, nine – it felt like, you know, seven out of ten, if I'm not mistaken, Joey, like, it was a run. Like, it was, yeah. like, Jalen Hurts is going to run with it. But, like, I wouldn't even – like, and to your point, Joey, I wouldn't be super mad if it was, like, maybe kind of 60-40 on the run to the pass. Like, maybe that that was pretty close on – on Levis, like you know, if there's 58 passes and or uh, 58 runs and 42 passes, like you're right there at the, at the 60 40. Like that would be nice. But even like 70 30, like if they, if they brought, you know, Bo in and 70 percent of the time he ran, but there was that that element of the 30 percent. Like I just yeah. like to see it a little bit more. Only because I think I'm not gonna say we're wasting his talent by him sitting on the bench, but it almost feels like that a little bit because I I just want to see what he can do. And, and it's tough. Like I know Alar is a stud and I'm not trying to advocate that he should be number, you know, QB two or anything like that. But I just would like to see Bo come in from, especially if, if things are kind of falling to the wayside for, you know, two quarters straight. Like I, I don't like this whole, like, Oh, well, we'll, we'll shatter Alar's confidence. Like in my opinion, you just got to play better than like, I'm not saying take him out and put Pabila in for an entire drive, but you know, a play here, a play there. Like, okay, Aller, you want to stand for every single play? Play, play a little better. That's all. Like, I, I don't know. I, and and I don't. Not for the gimmicky. Like, I'm here and there. Like, maybe a flea flicker, that this type of deal. Not even saying with with Bo, maybe with Aller. But I'm not one to like run all the gadgetries. Like the Philly special was cool, but like I don't, I don't want to see a double reverse or like, especially like you say against. I mean, that's now you're kind of. I mean, if if you're really backed up and you're down 20 points, maybe why not? But if this is a close game and you start seeing like all types of trickery, I'm going to, you know, really be scratching my head at that point. So um, yeah, Joe, you, uh, I'll let you, if you have any, any other ones.
0: Um, No, that's, that's it. <laughs>
1: um, Yeah. Okay. So I guess, I mean, we got to get to the end all be all prediction time. What, what say you guys about, about the final score of the game?
2: All right. I, I said before we, we got on, I've been kind of going back and forth all week. I've been going back and forth the whole time we've we've been talking. <laughs> you know, what, I, I got to go with I'm I thought uh, in the preseason that Penn State was going to win this game. Um, I think Michigan has looked as advertised. I think Penn State, for the most part, has looked as advertised. Maybe, you know, the offense has been a little bit less than we had hoped. But I think overall, you know, not much has changed from what I thought in August. Um, so I'm going to take Penn State 24 to 20 in this one. It's going to be a close one. I think there's going to be a big special teams play. Like Joey said, he said special teams is going to be big. I agree. I think there's going to be a special teams game, uh, big play here, whether it's going to be, you know, a Nick Singleton big return on a kickoff, maybe Daquan Hardy taking one to the house. And I think that's the difference in this one.
1: Joey. Uh
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Michigan,
1: 2117. God, yeah, my, my gut is screaming uh that Michigan pulls this out, but I'm not I'm gonna be the guy that just bias of my Penn State fanhood. I'll go I'll go twenty three seventeen Penn State. So Yeah, I I think we're all kind of in agreement that this is not going to be a a 40 to 38 type of game. Like, I I really, I don't see it. I mean, we've been wrong before, especially on this podcast, but um, we could be wrong again. But I I hope it's it's funny, though. I'm shocked that I'm shocked. Joey did pick Michigan. I know you said we had a fighter's choice (laughs) on our fighter's chance. I'm not going to say you picked us to win, but I am kind of surprised that. If gun to my head, I would pick Michigan, though. Like, full right. uh, disclosure. Like, I'm, I looked at
0: it from a, a gambling perspective, but even twenty one seventeen still has this cover because right now with the spread being four and a half, um,
1: <laughs> right in there, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right.
0: But I just, I, I think our offense has been too inconsistent. I I have all the faith in the world in our defense. And that's why i mean i think that michigan could even struggle to score 21 points um so which in turn then makes the under look great which is what vegas is saying too. the over right now the total is at 45 but the juice is to uh, minus 112 to the under so they're 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 begging people to take the over um which then of course i mean it could end up being a fucking 30
1: 37 36
0: shootout like we had a high state that one year
1: yeah. No, I, I, it's, as we get closer, I get more nervous as per usual. I mean, I think that's, that's just the nature of the beast. And this, this is the, the game outside of the Ohio state game that you circle on the calendar. So um, I'll shout out our, our, our podcast friends in the community and then I'll let uh, Joey and, and Jarrett. And I, I gotta thank you, Jared, for coming on first things first. And uh, it's always a pleasure. Hopefully we can, we can have you back, you know, maybe a time or two throughout the year and, even maybe next week, if, if Penn State pulls this off, I definitely want to,
0: if we win this week, you're coming back every week. <laughs> hey, I bet, you know what, if sure we going.
2: win this week, we could do this every week for the rest of every season ever. <laughs> yeah, right on. Right I like that it.
1: agreement. So no, uh, definitely check out if you listen to our show and, and like, and retweet our show on, on X, I should say is, uh you know, it's at Burley honest without the T couldn't get the T. So yeah, um, 1420 sports podcast is a great one to listen to fan in the van. Uh, two dudes with sports news. They're all always tagged in our, uh, in our podcast post and obviously check out Jared at, at the basic blues nation, right? If I'm saying yeah, that right. basic
2: blues nation, I, oh.
1: there's basic blues podcast, basic blues. Nation. Like there's a lot out there. So there's get, a lot of basic I, blues, I, <laughs> but <laughs> I get them all t- tangled, you know, tangled up there. So yeah, thanks Jared. Uh, I'll let, I'll let you, uh, plug what you have going on I'll let Joey plug what he has going on and, and we'll get out of here for the evening
2: all right well first thanks for having me this was great I, I always love love coming on and again like I said if we win I'll, I'll come back every week so <laughs> um but yeah definitely check out um uh basic blues we, we've grown so much um we have uh Couple guys who are our students there now that that go to practice every week to you know hear what James Franklin has to say. Um, so we have coverage of that. Um, you know, with basketball season starting, we've got you know some guys covering that hockey as well. So definitely check it out. Uh, BasicBluesNation.com at Basic Blues uh, on Twitter. Um, we've really grown a lot this year. The the coverage we're able to provide has been. Um, Pretty incredible we have guys in the in the press box at football games so it's it's just grown so much so definitely check it out and uh hopefully we come away with the, the win on on saturday
0: yeah I, I also want to just take a moment to thank you for coming along jared uh, always always enjoyable um, and you can catch, uh, me, yeah, I took a, a little bit of a hiatus, uh, this last week, but I'm back, uh, pumping out content again for, uh, docs and uh, Docsports.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah. So we will talk to you probably next week or, well, over, hopefully Saturday, you know, hopefully we can, we can pump one out Saturday. Um, we'll touch on some NFL and obviously the the Penn state is going to be the the main subject and hopefully it's a positive show because after the Ohio state game, we were, we were, I I don't know. It was brutal.
0: It was brutal. That's for sure. It was (laughs) (laughs) was brutal.
1: Yeah. It was (laughs) a lot of frustration. So yeah, it's, uh, this is for all the, like Joey said, this is our playoff game. This is for all the marbles basically. Our playoffs start on Saturday.
0: Actually, they started last Saturday. Because we, w- if we would have lost against Maryland, I mean, this game would be not meaningless. But I mean, if you have any as- as- uh, playoff aspirations, it would be so. Our playoff started last week.
1: Got yep. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely be tuning in noon kickoff. Which I don't know how you feel about that, Jared. Sucks. But- yeah, not a yeah. fan. This should be a
2: night game. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I could I could talk for all another hour about how much I hate that. So I, I certainly
1: agree. I, I think it's ridiculous. But yeah, we will catch everybody um over the weekend and hopefully we'll catch Jared next week because that'll mean a win. So talk to everybody later. Peace.